Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara, and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's Word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's Word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love His truth, live His truth, and spread His truth. Welcome back to the podcast. This is another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. It's your girl, your sister, Tara. I am over the moon about today's episode. In a time where so many people are living offended, when we feel so much division and not a lot of unity, even in the Christian church, whether that be through political parties, through opinions, through beliefs, we really need to remember how to live unoffended and actually how God calls us to live unoffended. So in today's episode, I'm joined by my amazing friend, Michaela Van Dyke from Chasing Sacred, a devotional writer and speaker. Dive in today with us as we talk about what it looks like to live unoffended, how to live unoffended, what God says in the Bible, and how when bitterness and angriness and division comes up between us, even through fellow believers, even in the church, how to combat that in a way that honors the Lord, and also how grace plays a role into this conversation. Friend, there are so many truth nuggets in this, and I am personally so challenged by it already. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Michaela. Hey, sweet sister, thank you so much for just saying yes to being on the podcast today. I am a big fangirl of you, and I'm so glad we've gotten to know each other through Instagram. So for our lovely ladies who don't know who you are, which is crazy, but who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself, what you do, and all that good stuff. 
Awesome. I'm so excited to be here with you, Tara. I'm literally just pumped. You're one of my favorite Aww. people to follow. And so it was an honor when you asked me. Yay. Um, yes. So it's mutual. But my name is Michaela Van Dyke, and I'm a mom of four. I just had a little girl. I have three boys, um, and I finally got a girl, which I was really excited for. But um, you might know me through Instagram. So I run a ministry called Chasing Sacred, and we actually do daily devotionals. Um, We have an app that we have for five days a week where women can read daily devotionals. And then we'll also be providing Bible studies soon. Um, But one of the big things that we do do also is actually we have these inductive Bible study journals where we teach women how to study the Bible more accurately through the inductive method. So one of the things that Chasing Sacred, one of our hearts for Chasing Sacred is actually that women rise up in biblical literacy. And this kind of came about because I was writing devotionals on Instagram, but I, I saw a lot of different things that just weren't they were taken out of context and they weren't biblically kind of sound. And so because of seeing those things, I was like, Oh, you know, I feel like there's this need. And I ended up making this Bible study journal to kind of teach women how to study the Bible more accurately within its contextual body. Yeah. I love that. I love that. How long ago did you start all of this? I mean, chasing sacred and the journals and all the things. I know. I think I was thinking about this the other day. I think it's been maybe four years now in March. Yeah. So, and I started the journal probably three years ago and my, I have a, I've done three versions of it, funny enough. Um, and now I have a new version coming out actually probably in February. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to be opening up pre-orders soon and it's a lot even more kind of intense and it has a lot more information Mm -hmm. and, You could buy the journal and pretty much learn kind of how to study the Bible inductively. I am so obsessed with that. Friends, I'm going to have all of it linked in the show notes that you can grab your journal. And I'm really excited that there's a new one coming out. I think everyone who listens to the podcast or just follows me online knows how much I am passionate about like studying the Bible well and accurately. But like, again, like I know that you feel the same way, not as like a chore or like this super crazy, like heavy thing. Like you have to like go to school, but it's actually like literally one of the best investments you can make. And it's like, seriously, like the best teaching you could do. I was in college to do some medical stuff for a while. And then I switched over to Bible school. It's a whole nother story, but I'm like, I literally feel like this is the best like study and learning I've ever done. Oh my word. I didn't even know that about you. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. So oh, it's like, I love learning new things. It's super like backwards, but I just, again, it doesn't matter what people are doing, but I truly believe that everyone um, should like get in on the joy of learning and studying the Bible well. So this Chasing Sacred and the journals and Michaela's just whole ministry is an amazing way to learn that. So I'm pumped about this topic. But before we move on to what we're actually going to dive in to this episode today, um, Michaela, I always ask the beautiful ladies that I'm interviewing to share a favorite thing, like a product or whatever that they're loving so that we can get on the goodness too. So let's hear it. <laughs> Yeah, so one of my favorite things is actually my frother, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's like a Morocco Morocco frother, Um, but basically it's like M-I-R-O-C-O, but I bought it because my girlfriend was like, Michaela, you have to try this frother, and it's changed my life. I mean, I know some of you guys are big coffee drinkers like me, especially if you're kind of working from home or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a college student, any of these things, and so this frother, I was like... I just, I like use all the creamer and, um, 
make all my coffees and matcha lattes all the time. Oh my gosh, delicious. I actually think that um, I just had one of my bridal showers the other day and I got a frother and I'm pretty sure it's this brand of frother too. I actually packed it up to go to the to the house, but I'm pretty sure it's this brand that you said because it sounds familiar. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going to die. It's amazing. I'm such, <laughs> a, so good. I'm such a big fan. Like I just got introduced to frothers probably... I don't know, maybe a year ago or something like that. I feel like it was at the beginning of quarantine or something like that, but it is fire. And it, like, it just kind of levels it up, like no matter, like if yes. you like sweet coffee or like normal coffee. So, okay, you guys, we're going to link that. We all need to get a frother and then you're going to have to let Michaela know over on Instagram <laughs> how you're liking it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. So, Sweet friend, uh, let's just dive into what we're talking about today. Um, I feel like this is very timely with our world and what's going on, but it's also a topic that's timeless, meaning it's something that we as believers and non-believers, just humans in general, are going to deal with. Um, it's no secret this week, actually, that we're recording is the week of the inauguration. And so I feel like that's a whole nother thing that we're going to have to deal with in this topic and I don't remember a year like 2020 this last year in regards to people being at such odds and disagreeing. I don't know if maybe you feel the same way. It was just a heavy year that we walked out of, things being so divided. So friends, Mikkel and I wanted to talk today about what we're seeing in our culture and um, a little bit of a sneak peek as we dive in about what it means to live unoffended. So Friend, I would love to hear just from your perspective, like, what are you seeing right now in our culture and how is the world like really treating each other, believers and non-believers? Yeah, so I think anyone who has a social media account can kind of attest to this, but I think we're seeing a huge divide. And what's happening, as I've observed, is Christians are picking sides and they're kind of stacking themselves against each other with different issues. And it's become an us versus them type of mentality. So mm. what we've seen is a lot of people have fallen into this, um, I always butcher this word, but binary thinking, mm -hmm. um, which means they can't hold two viewpoints on an issue. So it means that we're kind of resorting to this black and white thinking, which makes it like, I'm right, you're wrong, you're wrong, I'm right type of thinking. Mm, yeah. And so when we can't, you know, hold these two ideas together, a lot of times everyone simplifies things and they get really hyper reactionary and then also easily offended. So what we're seeing yeah, is like yeah. so much happened in 2020, like the global pandemic, racial unrest, um, all the political movements. And so what happened is people decided I'm going to join a side. And what happened was social media amplified this so we could all see it. <laughs> um, and then we all yep. saw just what division was happening in the Christian community. Now, I personally have had so many thoughts about this division, and it's something I speak about regularly on my social media account. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out was, biblically speaking, when we look at being a Christian, um, it actually says that the world, so outsiders, will know the gospel by observing our unity, and that mm. division, because it would be the opposite, right? Division makes the world mm -hmm. doubt the gospel. And so in wow. John yeah. 17, 20 to 23, it says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought into complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So we have this huge divide and this huge problem because, you know, we're all having these outsiders observe kind of these Christian disputes and they're now public, you know, I I don't know if you've experienced this, Tara, but I think sometimes you post a social media post and all of a sudden you see all this division that you didn't know was going to happen. And you see all of, you know, the people following you who are mostly believers or Christians fighting. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I actually just posted something on my story just yesterday and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it. This is timely. (laughs) And I know you have. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's so interesting kind of being a public or more public like you are, you know, where you are trying to have these conversations with Christians. But the thing is that I think what the problem is, is that Christians, the divide is making people, believers think that they're more different than they are alike. Mm, And some of the things that I've learned just in my like literally in my seven, eight years of marriage, and then also just in having Christian relationships is that we are actually more similar than we are different. And Mm. when we can't focus on this, like if we're not focusing on the fact that we have the same propensity to sin, right? As our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the same grace that was offered to me is offered to you. And we have the same savior. If we can't start from that place, then we're going to always be emphasizing our differences instead of our similarities. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that because I was just talking to someone the other day, even like who brought up like history. And like, if you go back hundreds of years, like it used to never be a bad thing. And I'm just, I'm going to say this. I don't know how people react to this, but it used to yeah. never be a bad thing to be a Christian and be a Democrat. Um, yeah. And just, it's just crazy how much things have changed, meaning like um, things have been manipulated over the years just by who we are as humans and having different opinions and just being broken. Like you were saying, we are sinful human beings, but things have changed so much. And like you said, instead of focusing on our main identity in Christ, right? As Christians, we have a new yeah. identity. Instead of focusing on that, we're letting these issues um, divide us, which I actually, um, why don't you touch on, we have a disclaimer to share with people. Like when we talk about offense, Michaela, mm-hmm. what kind of um, offense or um, issues are we talking about? Yeah, so today we're going to be going into the topic of offense. It's a it's a topic that I... Um, It's really, really personal to me, but one of the things that um, Tara and I were talking about before we even go into this is that, for a huge disclaimer, is that we are talking about petty issues of offense or um, differences in opinion. We're not talking about abuse. We're not talking about receiving, like, hurt or any of these things that you still need boundaries for unhealthy relationships and stuff like that. We're not talking about toxic relationships. Um, We are actually talking about people who are trying to be good stewards. We're talking about believers that, you know, have relationships where they're just not seeing eye to eye. Um, So this is, this is a huge disclaimer I kind of wanted to talk about before we go into the topic of offense. Yes. Very important to make that disclaimer. I often, um, kind of forget about those things. And so I'm really glad that you um, brought that up before we talked because we're not going to be talking about offense, meaning um, abuse, I feel like is a big one, or other bigger issues. We're talking about mainly what it looks like to interact as believers, especially because um, this has become a greater issue that I've seen personally um, between the church. And that can be um, 
completely divisive and just how to get back to that um, that reality of the unity that we have in Christ. So great disclaimer. So this is a great segue. So a big word that we just introduced and I've heard thrown around a lot lately is offense, like you just mentioned and kind of um, dug into. So I feel like maybe people hear it in this way too, like don't let that offend you or they're getting really offended over this opinion or topic. So Let's dig into what like offense is because we just said that offense isn't these bigger things like um, we're not talking about like abuse and things like that. But let's talk about the offense um, that we're talking about today. Yeah. So one of the things, um, you know, I kind of wanted to say is that our culture, I mean, I think everyone has kind of observed it, but our culture is very easily offended. Um, so, you know, I've done posts on social media that I thought were totally fine. And then all of a sudden I get all this, you know, all these messages saying, oh, you offended me. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I wasn't trying to, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't, right. I definitely wasn't trying to. So, but, um, so what is offense? Offense is kind of to hold on to bitterness, feel wounded or feel resentful towards another person. Mm. And oftentimes it make us, makes us kind of come into this type of right versus wrong mentality. And it makes it really hard for reconciliation, which reconciliation is super important as a body of believers. And offense often stops our ability to be reconciled. So typically mm. it comes from a place of pride when we feel we're right. Um, and I want to kind of stop here because this is something I personally struggled with. So um, my own journey to towards kind of figuring out offense was that I was very easily offensive offended. I've always been super, super sensitive, even as a kid, like overly sensitive. I have one child now that kind of reminds myself of me as a kid, but just anything <laughs> someone said, you know, it, I took it the wrong way and I would cry as a kid over it. And I ended up taking this into actually my marriage. Um, and my husband's a pretty blunt guy and he kind of tells it like it is. And so then I also brought it with me into social media, into my, I was a dancer um, in New York City and all of these things. And so when you're kind of trying to be a light in the world and you're easily offended, God had to really work with me on this. So mm, um, yeah. now I think I've been on that side of some pretty offensive statements. Um, and what is biblical, I would say, is the first thing that I would bring up is as Christians, it's really important more so than not to be to be able to overlook an offense. And mm. Proverbs talks about this, but in Proverbs 19, 11, it says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So that's Proverbs 19, wow. 11. But um, so one of the things that my personal journey kind of with offense revealed was my offense was coming from a place where I actually was self-righteous and I didn't even mm. know it. I was holding my family members, my husband, my friends to a higher standard um, that actually came from my own personal pride and lack of humility. Yeah. So I'm going to give you some examples, but somebody, like if somebody's going to write something on Instagram, right? Um, a lot of times we get that feeling in our chest and it tightens and we kind of start to think about the post. And then all of a sudden we are like, they're not a believer. You know, we're easily yeah. angered yeah. by their words and they're like, you know, like you kind of mentioned earlier, like we see someone post and they, they declare to the world they're a Democrat, but they're also a Christian. Yeah. I see so many people just jumping on that and saying, well, you're not really a believer. What about abortion? Yeah. What about this? Yeah. What about that? Yeah. And um, and the, the thing is that um, offense should be overlooked a lot of the times unless, right, um, unless it's obviously something that's a repeated offense. And we're going to go over this later with um, studying what to do if we're continually offended by the same person and when it's like an offense that needs to be dealt mm -hmm. with, right? But sadly, I think a lot of times 
it's something that can be overlooked instead of an offense that is creating, you know, a rift. It's creating the rift because we're not able to overlook it and it makes us start, you know, breeding bitterness and causing division and the roots grow deep. And right. Then, um, right. And then we start kind of canceling these relationships, right? Um, so anyways, I there's a few like tips I would say about how to combat this offense. Um, but one of the things I would talk about is, you know, just generally speaking, Romans 3, 9 and it talks about, are we Jews better than they Gentiles? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under mm. sin. So I think one of the main ways that we can be less offended is realizing that we all sin and also realizing how much God did for us and that we also need to forgive people because God did that for them. And we are, you know, he's done so much for us. Yes, yeah. So that's kind of one of the things I would say. Yeah is a huge thing. Absolutely. I love how you touched on the fact of pride because that's been like probably the biggest thing for me. Um, one of my biggest downfalls that like God has really like brought to light and it's the issue of pride or when you maybe know a lot about God and his word. And then when you hear someone who misuses it or, um, claims to be a Christian and says one thing, um, it becomes an issue of self-righteousness friends. When we say that and we say pride, we mean thinking that we're better or that we know more and we're using, I've done this at times. I'm going to fully admit it. I've used the Bible or God's truth as a weapon. And I hate saying that, but I have, I've, I've used it in ways where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to like throw this at you instead of like lovingly overlooking um, this or lovingly trying to encourage someone in it. So I feel like the biggest element that is so important to recognize is the pride and the self-righteousness we have in our hearts. And just remembering that, hey, I literally was just talking to someone via DMs today, like that, sure, like we are new in Christ, but that does not mean that we're going to be made perfect until we get to heaven. God calls us perfect now. Amen. Yes, positionally, meaning when God looks at you, he sees Jesus, he sees what Jesus did on the cross, but we are not going to be perfect, meaning without sin and without mistake until we meet Jesus in heaven as a believer. And so it's kind of reconciled. Yeah. I mean, amen. I'm looking forward to that day. It's, <laughs> oh gosh, it's just, but it's, I feel like it's reconciling that reality that yeah, we're in Christ. We've been called to a higher standard, but we do mess up. We do get offended. We do tend to hold on to it. And like you said, it doesn't make way for reconciliation and forgiveness, which are two foundations to the Christian life. Amen. And I think there are definitely times like, and you know, this is like, obviously another disclaimer, but there's definitely times to kind of, um, to tell someone if they're kind of not walking in the truth, the truth. But I think it's also the way that we do it. And what I'm seeing kind of is not really that loving way of talking to someone or bringing them back to the truth, right? right. It's instead kind of pouncing on each other and saying, well, you're wrong. And then, well, you and name calling and like all these things that are not going to kind of bring that person into the truth, right? Right, right. <laughs> so it's really the way we kind of go about some of those conversations, Um and it's interesting because one of the things that really God convicted me on was, um, I think when we, someone offends us or hurts us, a lot of times we think, um, just about like, oh, they owe me, you know, like, oh, we walk yeah. around kind of like, oh, they owe me, they did that to me or, you know, they're in debt to me. And mm. it's interesting because, um, debt is an obligation to pay something back. Right. Yeah. And, um, I've had people hurt me in the past and I'm like, oh, you know, they totally owe me cause they were so unkind or unloving and right, right. all this. Um, and you know, a good example would be my husband. Cause obviously we walk day in and day out with each other. Um, 
But I think the kingdom of God has kind of this weird way of turning a lot of these things upside down. And one of the things that it says is, I love this verse, but in Romans it says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled Mm. the law. Romans 13, 8. Um, so it's funny because he, uh, like, the, obviously Romans, it just completely turns that around. And it's like, oh, it's not about them owing you. It's about you owing them love. Wow. Because this debt of ours is because we recognize, first and foremost, what Christ did for us. Right? And we are so, like, in awe of his grace on our own lives that then we can do the same for others. We can actually look past something that is offensively said or hurtful and love them because we are so hyper aware of what has been done to us and how actually truly offensive we were to God with our sin, and yet he mercifully forgave us. Okay. We just, that's, that's like a <laughs> mic drop right there. It like That's literally the most humbling thing I've heard in a while. Like, doesn't that just take you from this place of like self-righteousness and just like you said, like holding a debt over someone or feeling you're, be- feeling you're better than someone else and just, it just drops it. It just drops out of the picture. Cause like you said, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I love how you said too, that like Jesus's kingdom is so upside down and how Jesus turns everything upside down. Our church, our pastor is actually doing a series called upside down kingdom when we're no way. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so like every time I hear that phrase, I just think of it because like, honestly, friends, like Jesus, when he came, and we're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but like a lot of the things that Jesus said were upside down, meaning they didn't make sense to people. And he actually did that really strategically. If you read about what he came to do and because Jesus never said anything that he didn't need or that didn't have a purpose or that wasn't um, meant to amplify what he came to do. And so it's such a backwards thing, but like it, I feel like at the same time, it kind of frees us up to love people because we realize, okay, it's not about me. It's about what God did for me. Like it's about God and like how we owed him something, but he, he paid it all for us through Jesus. And so how do we have any right to hold on to anything because he's saved us and then he's given us a call to love other people. And so that I feel like is just the basis for what we're talking about today. And ah. Michaela, that was, that was fire. That was fire. Okay. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks.
Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> let's just kind of get into a little bit more like practical maybe. Um, I'd love to ask like, what does God's word say about how we as Christians like should react or live in offending situations? So if people listening or just any of us find ourselves in those situations, um, especially when things are actually maybe, uh, maybe it offends the heart of God. I mean, maybe it's something that goes against God's word. How are we supposed to live? Are we supposed to get offended? What do we do when we feel the offense rising? Right. So I think the first thing, obviously, we already discussed was to overlook offense. And this would be kind of in a situation maybe where it's not a situation that you need to kind of bring it before the person and confront them, right? Um, so, but we do, God does give us um, scripture that helps us when we need to confront someone. But first, I would say, I think getting offended is a natural reaction to being human. I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that like, we have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm offended. Like, that's wrong. No, right. I think it's very natural for somebody to say something and then us to think, oh my gosh, that was like really unkind. Is that true? Like, do I, you know, and I think I honestly always take whatever they say and I look at um, whether it is truth or not. So does it have Mm. any grain of truth? Because in humility, I actually want to like take it and say, okay, let me examine my own heart. Because we know that, you know, the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful, deceitful above all things. And so Mm -hmm. the first thing I want to do is, okay, let me look at, you know, let me look, is this true or is it not? Lord, can you show me? Um, But then also the other thing I would talk about is I wanted to read you guys something more practical, which was Matthew... um, 18, where it talks about how in the church to deal with some of these uh, sins in the church or offense. Um, And in Matthew 18, it says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And I love that just between the two of you. I Mm -hmm, mean, honestly, how often do we go, hey, did you know they did this to me? What should I do? Um, did you know, (laughs) so like, you know, we always talk to someone else about it and it's like, that's not honoring to that person. Yeah. And then it's like 20 people are involved before that person knows. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's so human nature, but, um, so if they listen to you, you have won them over, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Um, Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where there are two or three gathered in my name. There I will be. Mm. So um, it's just interesting because God is a practical God. And so when it is a sin that, you know, maybe someone continues to sin against you more than once and they've done something repeatedly, you've kind of tried to tell them, please don't do that. Um, he really does give us some really practical ways to deal with sin in the church and to deal with sin in general. And the first thing would be actually to go to the person, not to go, you know, to all your other friends and tell them all about (laughs) it's to honor the person and say, Hey, you know, you hurt me in this way. Um, but I think like there's been a lot of kind of situations with this and that's harder said than done. Like it takes a lot of oomph to, to yes. go to the person yes. and be like, Hey, you really hurt me with this. Um, so, but I was going to say there's, there's, there's that. So that's more practical. But, um, another thing I was going to kind of point out for me personally, that has helped me. Um, and this might help you guys as well, the listeners, 
But a lot of times, so when I was first married and there was a lot of things, my husband and I, we just saw everything differently. And this is when, you know, I kind of came onto this realization that we were more similar than different and a counselor kind of helped us to bring that um, realization forward. But one of the things also that helped me was I started to visualize him as a sinner and sometimes that he was reacting out of his sin and he has a propensity to sin that is equal to my propensity to sin. Mm, And that um, instead of feeling like he was just acting maliciously or hurtfully or that he had like this motivation behind the sin, I literally started just visualizing, no, just like he's a human, he's sinning because he's human. And so that really helped me to realize that like so often people aren't maliciously out to get us or they're not motivated to try to hurt us, but instead they might have hurt us just being a human. Right, right, exactly. And like, I feel like too, what um, you just kind of reminded me of something. I have had people come to me um, doing, (laughs) they thought was the Matthew 18, like formula of coming to you as a believer, but um, with the delivery, and I've done this too, but with the delivery, it wasn't in a loving way. Sure, they came to yes. me first and we did it in the way, but it wasn't, um, it was more of a condescending way. And I think it's easy to be like, okay, I'm going to go to that person. But then we kind of forget like other scriptures and other verses and ways that God says that we need to love each other. And even though we are bringing up an offense, even though we are bringing up something difficult, it actually needs to be handled tactfully and also in the spirit, which is going to be the biggest um just the biggest way to guide us through is when we're being filled by the holy spirit and um so i just wanted to bring that up too because even though we might do it the matthew 18 way like michaela just read there's also a way that we need to come about it lovingly and in a way that like recognizes yeah you're a sinner but i'm also a sinner like yeah you offended me but i'm also one who makes mistakes and um just Preach. I feel like that's a yes. nugget to remember because I've, I've done it. I've had people do it to me and I'm like, okay, this, you know, this feels like an attack, you know? Um, right. And, but also there's an element of, um, again, like I mentioned, I've been talking to some non-believers too, and we can't address non-believers the same way that we address Christians. I know that we're specifically talking about Christians right now within the church because there's that element of unity that we need to fight for. But there's also like, I get offended by non-believers. And I think Mm -hmm. like, I think like, sure, like anyone can offend anyone, but I'm like, why am I holding them to such a standard when I know that they don't know Jesus, when I know that they're not walking the way I'm walking? It it saddens me, but I do have to realize like, yeah, like I can't be offended by the way that they're living because they're not walking with the Lord. It, It makes sense, you know? And so just kind of reacting with love and not wavering or backing down on what you believe or what God says, but also just being like, Hey, this is what I believe. I still love you. I still hear you. Um, I mean, your opinions are your opinions. I can't, I cannot like squat on those because they're, they're what you have, but, um, there's just a different way to navigate that as well. But, oh, those are such important distinctions, like two very important distinctions. And I think you said it so well, Tara is like, I think we can use and abuse kind of any passage of scripture. And I definitely have seen, um, Matthew 18 abused as well, because honestly, we do kind of struggle with 
loving others, right? Especially when they have hurt us. And that's why I think yeah. we have to visualize them. Okay. They have the, they have been offered the same grace that we have been offered. And so yes. when I can kind of yes. visualize, they're a child of God too. Um, and then exactly what you said, like when we're going to an unbeliever, we actually cannot hold them to the standards of scripture because they yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't know any better. And so um, we also have to lovingly kind of confront them, but we have to realize when they're not receptive or if they're not receptive, like they don't have the Holy Spirit. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different conversation to be had um, when it's someone who's not a believer. So that's such a good point. Such a good point. I love that. I think one of the ways that helps us to approach like other believers kindly and lovingly when we kind of bring something like the Matthew 18 to another believer is actually thinking about um, how sin separated us from God and sin separates us from each other. And to restore that relationship, we have to reconcile and respond with forgiveness. But also the idea that when we are able to visualize someone's sin as similar to our sin, um, because, you know, we... I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the Bible verse um, in 1 John where it says basically hating someone is the same as murder, right? Yeah. A yeah. lot of times it's very strange, but in the kingdom of God, um, you know, a lot of Bible verses equate different varying degrees of sin that we would kind of see as varying, right? Right. And it is varied. Like the consequences are going to be different for somebody that does murder someone rather than someone that hates someone, right? And the judgment's going to be different. But at the same time, a lot of these Bible verses equate like a petty sin with another sin. And I think the way that we should be able to visualize this is that God sees sin as sin. So either way, we disobeyed him and we're separate from him, right? Right. No matter kind of if it's a white lie or murder. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't vary in degrees and consequences and it's not going to affect people differently. It's definitely going to affect everyone differently. Um, But it is strange how the kingdom of God does do that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, And so I think when we when we start having these measures in our mind of like, well, and I think this is probably why, you know, we see in scripture that God equates different sins, very like small ones and big ones. I think it's because we are such, um, as people that we would totally measure, we'd be like, well, I'm better than you, right. you know? And right. so I think it's like, we always have to go back to some of these passages where we've all fallen short, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles are alike. We are all under the power of sin. And one of my favorite kind of, um, verses actually kind of to do with this is Romans three nineteen through 20. And it says, now we, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather through the law, we become conscious of sin. And the reason I just love this passage is because I just imagine this like court, good court drama, right? And they're like banging the gavel and they're all like, listen up, listen up. You all will be silenced and held accountable to God. And I love that because I think so many times we try to come up with persuasive arguments or like kind of excuses with our sin. And we're like, ah, we're trying to convince you, God, that we're better than, you know, you know, we're better than them or we're better than you or like any of these things. And we try to come up with these kind of defensive arguments that will save us. And that's just not the gospel. It's only by his grace that we're saved. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And so I love that idea that every mouth will be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just really cool to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And what just I love about this conversation is just like, like you're bringing the practical, but we're also just getting to the why because like this is the basis of why we should live unoffended is because A, we're all sinners and B, because of what God has done for us. And so I love that we're just rooting it there. And then it'll also just help us to live in the practical and to see everyone and to see sin as sin. And um, also, I just feel like reconciling other people and not holding offense is literally like a command from the Bible. Like we don't like we don't like it's probably not a study that I mean, people do a lot (laughs) like yeah I'm gonna go go study the Bible for like offense and stuff you know but like we see it often like just in Proverbs in Romans all these passages you've been bringing up like it's literally a command from God in Christ that we can't live in division and animosity we're not called to be like that and so it just comes back down to that too because it's easier sometimes easier a lot of times to be offended because it's it feels good it feels like just to be honest like when someone offends you I'm like I feel good because like I didn't do anything wrong they offended me so it makes you feel better but it's like that's just the stark reality is that we just can't like if you've been given new life in Christ if you've been given the Holy Spirit like you just can't be that way anymore but we have the tools like second Peter 1 3 talks about like we've literally been given everything we need for life and godliness we've been giving the Holy, Holy Spirit and so we don't have any excuses anymore. And God's not saying this just so we can be robots and do his commands, but he's saying it because it's a better way for us to live. It's a yeah. better way for us to become more like him and to be sanctified. So there's actually a lot of freedom in that. So um, as we move on, I just want to quickly just like kind of dig a little bit deeper and just ask like for people who are a little bit unsure, what would you say the difference between living unoffended like we're talking about looks like and what living offended looks like because it can be kind of hard to know in different circumstances just for um us to really practically understand that in our lives yeah i think one of the huge things is when someone hurts you are you able to kind of visualize them and their own hurt or their own need you know or any of these things or um also, when you live unoffended, I think it really frees you up to love and pray for people when they hurt you. Um, where living mm-hmm. offended, it grows roots of bitterness and you kind of feel like, well, they did this to me. Maybe you feel like what it was before, like they owe me. Um, but when we live like an unoffended life, when we are easily, like when we overlook offenses, it gives us the ability to actually extend love to them and offer them grace in a time that they might need that grace. And so you're being the living, breathing gospel, right, to them. Like Mm -hmm. you're showing them what that gospel means in someone's life. Um, And so I think um, some of the ways that God showed me, you know, to talk about what that we had talked about in this chapter was that we can do that same kind of sin that they do. Um, The same grace that has been offered to us has been offered to them. So that's, you know, a very practical way to live unoffended. The same convicting spirit that you have is also in them. So you can pray for them, right? And say, okay, Lord, Mm. like if this is something I'm seeing in their life, like the spirit can also show them. Um, You know, I just actually, on this topic, I just actually had a conversation with a friend and she was kind of um, surprised that I wasn't condemning her about something that a lot of other people were condemning her about. Mm. And I looked at her and I kind of said... I I believe that the spirit will convict you on it 
if he wants, you know, and I can lead you there with questions and talking and love on you and have these conversations with you. But I said, the spirit is the one that's going to change you. I can say, you know, till the cows come home, I can say like, this is wrong. What you're doing is wrong, but it's not going to be lasting change until the spirit speaks through you through the word of God and the spirit, you know, cements that in your heart. And so I think um, often we want to be the Holy Spirit to other believers. And it's just one of those things that like, that it's really going to be lasting change if they can, if you can lead them to the word, if you can do it lovingly, um, if you can do it so it doesn't break relationship. So, um, and then the other thing I was going to say is sin shouldn't surprise us. I just see all over Instagram, all these Mm -hmm. people are so surprised that people are doing these things. And it's like, (laughs) look through the Bible. We are all capable. We all sin, right? It's like, it's so funny how we constantly have this kind of idea that we're surprised that someone's doing this to us. Um, but it's interesting because, um, when we stop living offended, we actually can live in awe, right, of his never-ending grace on our lives and realize how much he's forgiven us of our sins. And yeah. so instead of thinking about your sin, I can look up and say, Lord, thank you so much that you saved me from my sin. Um, and lastly, yes, grace yes. would not be grace if they deserved it. And I think that's why it's so funny. Like we Ooh. so often offer grace to people only when we think they deserve it. And when they don't deserve it, we're so quick to be like, uh, no, but it's like, no, the whole concept of grace is they didn't deserve it. The whole concept yeah. of grace for us is we did not deserve it. <laughs> yes. So we didn't have oh anything gosh. to offer him, you know, and he still loved us anyways. So it's the same type of thing. Yes. I love this. And I love that you said it's literally grace is not deserved. That's literally the foundation of the theology of grace. And I am especially thankful that you brought up the fact of the Holy Spirit, because although we as Christians know the Bible, we should know the Bible, all the things, um, and we have the truth. I mean, ultimately, the Spirit is the one who works through people. And he will when he wants, if he wants, and how he wants. And so it's honestly really freeing to know that like, Sure, I may know the Bible really well. I may know how to really communicate with someone. But wouldn't we want the Spirit to be the one who convicts and really truly brings that life change? Because if God does it, it's going to be lasting and it's going to be genuine. And a lot of times when we try to do things on our own, it it can't be that way. I mean, God does use us, but the Spirit is the one that's going to do it. And so I feel like praying for that person is a really big thing too. But let's talk about like what it means to – like be offended to a sister in Christ, to a family member in Christ, like, because that can be really damaging if we do choose to live offended instead of unoffended. Like you just talked about grace and like, how does grace play a role in this? Yeah. I think one of the things that really changed for me when I came to this realization, um, it's not only does offense break family relationally. I think we often don't think of other believers as our family. So something really interesting. And I'm going to bring my husband up as an example again, but because he's like married to me and stuff like that, it's so funny because before my husband was my husband, he's actually my brother in Christ. So that's like a totally creepy analogy, right? right? But it's true. And before your friend became your friend, your Christian friend, and before your enemy became your enemy as they're Christians, they were your brother or sister in Christ. Um, so your enemy your husband, whoever it was, was first your sibling. So if you can look at them and say, hey, we're all in God's family. 
all unified under the Trinity, the perfect relationship, um, and we are all operating as family under our relational God, then we can accept that those around us are our flesh and blood and that we're one by the power of his blood. So when we feel so tempted to like demonize, you know, these other people, I think to myself, your husband was and is God's son or daughter for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And how would you typically treat a sibling? So for Mm -hmm, me, my brother and sister, they can do no wrong. Like if my brother or sister, because they're blood relatives or whatever, if they kind of do something wrong, I'm like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Like I just have so much more grace for them because I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I understand. Like you were busy where it's like, if they're not blood relatives of us, we're like, wait, what? you totally stood me up and you were supposed to do this. And, you know, and it's so funny because if I actually visualize some of these people as my siblings, I would be so much more gracious with them. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's really good. Just remembering how, and then I, I feel like just remembering how important the reality of the body of Christ is because I think sometimes we're like, oh, okay, well, we're the body of Christ. We go to church together every Sunday, but it's like so much deeper than that. And that's yes. what you just illustrated. It's like, it's not, the emphasis isn't necessarily on us, but like of what God did to connect us as family and yes. realizing how damaging it is when we, um, when we don't follow that God's design because God's design was perfect to create a a family in Christ, even though we're not perfect and we make mistakes and we get offended, that that design that he had was meant to build each other up, to encourage each other, to be honest, to point each other back to the Lord. And so I feel like realizing that grace is really important and just realizing how important like being a family in Christ is because I, I forget often how important that is. It's more than just a Sunday service relationship. Um, so that was that's awesome. Um, oh, a so couple true. of the last questions um, that I'd love to ask is, I'm sure people are wondering, yeah, okay, Michaela, Tara, I'm supposed to live unoffended, but what happens when people start offending my God? What happens when people start to compromise the gospel? I mean, specifically Christians. Like, how do I react? Am I supposed to just let them do that? Like, how are we supposed to react in that way? Right. So I think something that people forget often is that the gospel in and of itself is actually very offensive. Um, You know, we know that it's like if you are a non-Christian and you're hearing the gospel and people are telling you like, um, you know, you're for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Like the wages of your sin is death. Like that's offensive. You're going to be like, uh, (laughs) you know, and like just basically that our... (laughs) (laughs) like there's so many ways that the gospel is so defensive I mean offensive like just in and of itself when it lists like all of the they are full of envy murder strife deceit and malice they are gossip slanderers god haters insolent arrogant boastful like (laughs) you know if you like start saying these things people are like probably like uh that in of itself is like so offensive so we forget that as Christians because we're so used to hearing the gospel um but I do like to say like stick so close to the gospel. Like the gospel is the truth. We do not ever, 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 ever compromise the gospel. And I've heard it said like many times, like the gospel is the spine and the secondary issues are the rib cage. And so you never compromise the spine. The spine holds up everything. Um, Oh, wow. And so when it comes to the spine, like I am 
not going to compromise. Um, although I also kind of say like the gospel is offensive, but that's why we don't have to be. Um, because like when we proclaim the gospel, like it Ooh, does its work, yeah. you know, um, but right, also that right. the gospel changes us, um, so that we're kinder, we're more loving, um, all of these things. And so I think first and foremost, I would say never, ever compromise the truth. Um, and in Romans 1 16, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of the God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Like you cannot, you know, twist the gospel. Like it is so powerful just as it is. And here Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. You know, I don't ever want to be somebody that's ashamed of the truth or ashamed of Mm. the actual gospel truth. Um, So we're always going to go back to that. But I think like, as I said before, um, the gospel does change us so that we aren't hurtful and unkind and divisive um Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not a matter of watering down the gospel I would never say water down the gospel no tell it like it is but you can say it in love right yes um yes so all of these kind of things but so but it is it is true like when you look at just the gospel in and of itself like a clear presentation of the gospel and our doctrine it's it's offensive to people outside the church you know people that aren't used to hearing it Mm mm-hmm Yeah. And that's why, like you said, even though it's offensive, we are called to speak the truth, but with love, speak the truth in love. (laughs) Um, And that's that's a way to minister to people who think it's offensive, meaning non-believers or even sometimes Christians. It can be a hard thing to swallow some of the things that Jesus said or the things that other people in the Bible said, it can be hard to accept that, but to remember that we're, we're called to speak the truth, but with that love, because hopefully that will um, plant a seed in their heart and they'll want to hear more of what this true gospel is. And like Michaela said, to stay so close to the Bible, get the Chasing Sacred app, get her, like her journals and, (laughs) and like, just learn how to study the Bible. Like seriously, like it's a plug, but it's true. Like, like get, (laughs) like resources that help you know the Bible. Because if we don't know that, like, like she said, the spine, if we don't know the truth, the gospel, the core of what it is, we're going to be offended by everything. We're going to compromise on everything. And we're called to be people that stand on truth. So you got to know truth to stand on truth. So that. I do think I wanted to actually, you're making me think of something, but I think so like exactly that, like stay firm in the gospel. But I love Tara, how you were, you were emphasizing the love part because the other thing that, um, I never want to also get in the way of the gospel. And I think like when we think about Paul, he was like, um, for the, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more. Mm, So Paul made himself a servant to all so he could mend more people for the gospel. So Paul also didn't get in the way of the gospel truth because I think we can do that too. Like he also says to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. So essentially also Paul is saying he did not let himself get in the way. He becomes all things to these people so that the gospel could stand and that he could tell Mm, it like it is, right? Yes. Um, but that he could do it by the power of the spirit and he didn't become a barrier also with his unkind words and kind of all that we've been talking about. Right. right? So he doesn't compromise his standards, but he also says it lovingly and, you know, communicates in a way that's effective. Yes. Yes. Oh, we have so much to learn from the Apostle Paul. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, I know we touched on a lot of practical tips uh, throughout the episode, but um, to end the episode on this last question, are there any verses or 
any last tips that we didn't talk about that you would just encourage our lovely friends, um, sisters in Christ listening to help live this unoffended life that we're called to? Yeah, first of all, this was so fun to do, but <laughs> I love Yay, I love talking to you, Tara. Should we just do this every week? Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, um, so some of the verses that come to mind are Proverbs 18, 19, which says, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling, quarreling is like the bars of a castle. So that's one of the one. Wow. Some pretty harsh words. Yeah, yeah. Um and then Ecclesiastes 7, 21 to 22, um, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. And that's, um, you know, the same type of thing we were talking about. Um, and then Psalm 119, 165, great peace have thy, which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Oh, wow. Um, and then the last practical thing I would say, I know, isn't that a good one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, But the last practical thing I would say is that when I just can't do it anymore, like I'm like, I cannot deal with (laughs) this person, Um, then, and I know we've all gotten there, right, Um, is I actually start to, as a Christian, I start to visualize them as a child of God. And I go through kind of like, I think we do this a lot in Christian culture is we visualize ourselves as children of God and it kind of helps with our insecurity and it helps with like all these things. And then we become more secure in our relationship and with God and all that. But I visualize them as a child of God. And I kind of go through all of the things that God gives us as a child of God and I put it on them. So I'm like, you know, pretend it's like Susie, since I don't know anyone named (laughs) Susie, but it's like, you know, Susie, (laughs) Susie has all these things as a child of God. And like, I visualize her. And then I kind of like, you know, a lot of times we say like, his mercies are new every morning. And we like think about that verse for ourselves. But I actually think about it for Susie. And I wake up and I say, his mercies are new every morning for them. And so I want to, you know, react to them in a way that his mercies are new for them as well. Oh my gosh. I love that because I'm guilty of that too. I'm like, his mercies are new every morning for me. And I am a child of God. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made for me. And like, it's true guys. Like, don't get us wrong. It's very true about you and Christ, but like, it is. I think when we just only think of it that way, it's like kind of selfish because it's like we have like that (laughs) truth is for everyone else in Christ and it it can be for other people who want to live for Christ. And so that's just a great way. Wow. That's, that's really practical. I love that. I'm going to put that into practice today. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Sweet friend. This episode has literally encouraged me so much I've like been fist pumping over here like yes lord (laughs) like all the truth it's just I just can't thank you enough for being on the show today and for the willingness you have to pour into other people and to speak on a topic that is hard and I know you've done a lot of research on this for some awesome things coming in the future but I just (laughs) want to say thank you and um for how you've poured into us and before we end the episode would you please share with our lovely listeners where they can find you online or your journals. I'll have everything linked, but just share where you hang out the most and so that people can connect with you after this episode. Yay. Awesome. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram at chasing sacred. Um, I just also made a second account chasing sacred co, um, which I just made. <laughs> um, and oh, then yay. I know. And then I saw my journals on www.chasingsacred.com and you can keep an eye out for some more books coming your way. So those will be available soon. Oh, and our app. So you can download our app on iPhone or your Android. It's free to anyone. Um, and you can get daily devotionals for free from the Chasing Sacred app. 
love it. You guys, I'm going to have it all linked so you can join. I have the app. I have all the goodness. I'm so excited for the new journal and everything. Michaela, I love you so much. Oh, and... I love you too. This is uh, so fun. Thank you. I... <laughs> I feel so blessed to have such a big, wise sister in Christ in you. It's just, it's such a blessing. And this was amazing. I am so excited for everyone to hear it. And I just can't thank you enough. Oh, I literally enjoyed it so much. So love these truth talks with Tara. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, girl. Wasn't that so encouraging? Friend, thank you for sticking out another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. I am so thankful for the wisdom that Michaela brought, and I pray that it is challenging and encouraging and uplifting for you to extend grace, to live unoffended, especially in a time that is so polarizing and there's so much division that we would seek unity. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to share this truth about living unoffended and the gospel with other people online, please take a screenshot. We would be so appreciative. Take a screenshot, tag me and Michaela, and let us know that you enjoyed the episode. Let's share it around with everyone that we can. Hanging out with you here on the podcast is my favorite thing to do each week. And I am so thankful you joined us. Praying that you walk in God's truth this week, every day, and that you would know, love, and live his word for yourself. Love you, friend. I'll see you next time.